Hello, we're back again so soon. I can't believe it. Three episodes in a week's time. Gentlemen, introduce yourselves. Uh, Jay Kennecke, reporting live from El Paso, Texas. I um, did cardio, non, non-football related cardio, and I hate it, and I'm hurting. So, mm. yeah. What do you mean, in a gym? No, I have a I have a treadmill and one of those uh, Nordic track bikes at the house. Mm. I'm essentially all cardio, and then I stretch a lot. That's kind of that's what I'm I'm working with in my 36 year old body right now. But speaking of gyms, Jimmy, what's, what's up, up boys? I'm, uh, How are you? I just I just got home about half hour ago. Uh, indoor started tonight, so. Uh, we just ran pickup tonight, um, and then we'll break out into teams next week. But uh, yeah, like uh, feeling it in my feet. I haven't worn my turf in a while. Uh, I got used to the soft outdoor with the cleats. And so, mm. Yeah, you boys have been. Uh, you boys have both been playing a bit of soccer lately. Which, yeah, you're making me a little jealous. I, I said on the text thread earlier I hadn't played in six months, but that's actually not true. I played futsal about two months ago through uh, street fc it's like a pickup futsal app which is pretty sweet not in a whole lot of cities yet but definitely in the baltimore area if you're there check it out tony you need to get some of the some of the dudes from mbfc2 and just like just run run rampant on the league oh man if if they have some older guys within that organization that want to play over 30 um, i'm game but <laughs> i'm over 30 league now i like i can't play with the young guns they tackle too hard <laughs> Do you guys play with 18-year-olds? Yeah. Um, yeah. Isn't that I, just insane, though? Their testosterone's like off the charts, just like flying into tackles still. Well, all these all these kids I play with are like little stoners. And then you just got to know how to play with like the younger generation. Like like here, it's they're, they're all – they want to be flair players. Oh, nice. So if you just kind of yeah, tug right. on a jersey or you put your – you lock their arm in your arm kind of thing, they start getting mad. Yeah. And then they I don't mean, play as well. I didn't like people that tugged at my jersey. That was always annoying. I'd slap your hand away. Yeah, that's that's what happens to me on a regular basis. I get called Gordo, Fat Boy, all this shit. Yeah. So I just use it my advantage. Like at the we have a we have a ball playing goalkeeper too, which is like so nice for me because play on the left side. If the ball gets past me, like they bounce it off the wall and try to go, I'll just put my fat ass in front of them and let the keeper collect it. And it's like <laughs> you're not getting past me. Yeah, Jimmy, what position did you play tonight? So, I mean, indoor, so it's uh, 66. Yeah. It's pretty positionless. So yeah. uh, I usually like to I like to play I like to play out of the back, um, mostly because I like to, you know, ping passes. Um, but it also gives me, when we are in an offensive set, to kind of pick my spots. Um, mm-hmm. Getting up and down the field is not as easy as it used to be. But, um, yeah, I usually, I usually like to be um, last man back. Jimmy and I were uh, we were teammates back in the day, about thirteen mm-hmm. years ago, up in uh, Soccer Zone. And what town is that? Jenison or something? Yeah, Jenison, Michigan, just uh, just west of Grand Rapids, um, <laughs> uh, kind of close out, out by uh, like at least west towards Grand Valley, which is where I was going to school at the time, so Grand Valley yeah. State University. And we both taught yeah. like five year olds football. Do you remember that? Really early on Saturday mornings, I remember. Uh, We'd drink, I would drink way too much on Friday and then wake up to teach, teach children how to play a sport that I didn't even like. 
Yeah, I hired. Uh, yeah, so like I was the assistant manager, and like I was in charge of instructional youth instructionals, and I hired you and Brad mm. to come out and teach soccer. Uh, yeah, I mean, mostly they just want somebody to come out and have fun and kick. We the were ball good at it. Thing. Yeah, we were good yeah. coaches. The kids for loved sure. us. Yeah. Sure. Um, big days for you and I too, as fathers. I know you sent your children uh, off to school today. First oh, my grade. oldest. My oldest went out to first grade. Uh, my um, my youngest has got one more year. She's in preschool before she'll go to either kindergarten or young five. So I haven't figured it out. Um, yeah. For next year for her, but yeah, you got to put the put my uh, six year old on the bus today. So yeah, it's um, weird. Yeah, put the kindergarten uh, dropped her off at the front of front of school here. Very strange feeling mm-hmm. to have a kindergartner. They didn't. And she did soccer today in PE class. I was like, nice. All right. <laughs> They're doing they, it right. They didn't run off on you. What? Like my my first day at kindergarten, um, my brother was born prematurely, and uh, my mom always blames it on me because she had to chase me around the park. Like I got up to the door, and then all of a sudden I was like, "No, I don't want to do this," and I yeah. just took off. She's like eight months pregnant at this point, like chasing me. And my kindergarten teacher still tells the story of like every time she sees me, she looked out the window and she just saw a very, very pregnant woman pulling on the ankles of a five-year-old or four-year-old while he's wrapped around a tree. So it is crazy to me though that you know you as a rambunctious five-year-old boy, they expect you to sit in a classroom for all that time. I'll never get it. I'll never understand it. Well, I don't know about you guys, but like when I was, I mean, not date, trying to date date myself here. Um, when I was in kindergarten, it was just a half day. Like it used to just be half day in kindergarten. Now it's full day. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot uh, of that's because Jess and I both, both work and I know you and Bethany both work and yeah, mm-hmm. just the way it is, just Indeed. the way it is. All right. Let's talk some, uh, some soccer. Do we want to go sad first and go with, uh, Jacques over here, James? I, I want to hear, I want to hear his thoughts about this because the scoreline, I think, isn't really indicative of exactly the dominance, but like, yeah, disappointing for sure. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I was going to say like, do we have to, but you guys are, let's get out of the way. Rip that bandaid right off. Come on. All right. So 78% uh, possession to Brighton, um, 25 total shots compared to the 12 for Aston Villa, two big chances, uh, two big chances missed. 668 accurate passes compared to 141 for Villa. Oh, West Ham. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. What am I doing? Yeah, West Ham. I mean, 17 we'll, we'll, corners. We'll, we'll, we'll drop a similar scoreline on you, but uh, oh. in this case, it was, it, was, it was West Ham. As long as you – I mean, if you guys are playing low block, then maybe. <laughs> 17 corners to uh, West Ham's four. So any other day you'd think – it's supposed to be Brighton's game, but it just didn't happen. Um, during during the game, I was pissed. Obviously, you know the just cursing Moyes the whole time. This is boring football. This sucks. I hate it. It's dumb. Why do you play like this? You're ruining the game. And then I realized that this is exactly the way you beat Brighton. Everton did it to us last year um, with uh, with the Zerbies press heavy pass like possession focused offense um like the way it's set up it, it's very vulnerable to counterattacks. He's, he's done a good job in most cases but today just wasn't our or saturday wasn't our day um the war yeah, you know what so the first half 
you guys fell behind like real quick on this word press. A free kick, yes, at a uh, 19th minute. No, no, it was no, open it was play. No, it, was, uh, it was open play. Yeah, yeah. Webster just boneheaded play, giving up the ball, and he he put it in. It wasn't even really like a counterattacking scenario on that one. That was just Webster playing like crap. Gotcha. So then between that and Bowen's goal in the 58th minute, you guys were just. Would you say you were dominating? Oh, we we pummeled them, pummeled yeah. them at the end of the first half. It was just it was all Brighton, all Brighton, all Brighton, and. I just kept thinking like it's coming, like a goal has to come, a goal has to come. But um, West Ham's goalkeeper, Areola, like like I would say, like eight out of ten times, I think Brighton wins this game. I think Brighton wins this game. Areola just was insane. Like point-blank shots from Ferguson um, and point-blank shot, I believe, from Solly March. It um, it was definitely just a rot, uh, a really, really good game plan from West Ham. And really, really bad luck from Brighton. And it doesn't help that Webster probably had his his worst the worst game I've ever seen from him. He just he oh. just got destroyed. Antonio folded him up in a neat little package and put him right yeah. in his pocket. Um, and you know Antonio is terrifying ahead. to watch sometimes with those big ass thighs lethal. just pumping. He's, yeah. He's a, yeah, he's lethal. scary. Yeah. I'm scared of him when we play him. Yeah. And it's funny too, because I posted that picture of uh of him where he's doing that celebration where he's kind of jumping up and his hands are near his crotch and it was Cole Will's head on his crotch. <laughs> and he did the exact same thing to Webster. He, he destroyed that dude. And it's, um, I, I think, I think in hindsight, I think, uh, Van Hecke or Igor should have started in Webster's place. Cause I was reading online. Um, Webster does not do good against teams that, that counterattack like that. And then also in a, in a situation where it is a low block and you're being forced to the, like they were funneling us to the middle and there was like five guys in the box, at least get someone in there. Welbeck is great. I'm not going to hate on Welbeck, but he's not built for that type of uh, going against that type of defense. It should have been uh, Pedro in there. Someone in that, in that 10 role or second striker role that has uh Creativity to make something happen. Welbeck is more just I'm going to hold the ball. I'm going to get it out to Matoma. I did. I did want to ask you about that. So this is the first uh, first game we saw Brighton had to set up with Enciso uh, being injured and being out. Formation change a little bit, bringing in you know quote unquote two strikers. Um, I know that's a little more free form than that, but um, having Welbeck and Ferguson in there. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys think that or not? You guys. I mean, off this mic too. But do you think that? While Welbeck and Ferguson are really good players, that when you play against a team like that that sits in so deep, that you need somebody a little more creative, somebody who's willing to take somebody on one on one. Like when, I mean, I, I I think that you guys are missing that creative spark. Matoma, you know, did what he could um, by himself, but like as far as guys that are willing to turn face up somebody and, and beat him one on one. You didn't have a lot of those, so it just felt like it kind of went around, went around, and then, all right, here's a shot, or uh, we got a good bounce, here's a shot. And not that you guys weren't creating opportunities, I just felt like the, you just missed that. I mean, uh, what did you think as far as um, the setup and also just the missing the player like in CISO? Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think um, Welbeck, at least, at least against this – this style of defense that we face, Welbeck's not the answer for that. Like Welbeck is is good as as that target man role. Like the 
Fob Mob will say four four two three one, but in reality, it's more of like a four four two, in my opinion. Like Zerbi has that ten role further up. Like in CISO, when he played with, um, I believe it was Wellbeck, he would overlap Wellbeck and mm-hmm. actually play that striker role. So it's, in my opinion, it's more of a four four two. Um, I don't think. I think it it definitely should have been Pedro, like somebody quicker, more creative. And, you know, able to take on guys. Um, Ferguson can turn, but they, it was just such a pain in the ass to get the ball to him. And when he did make his turn was that point blank shot I was talking about. It was just awful. Like you have to, you got to score that. He put it right into Areola. Yeah. So. What about, um, oh, shoot. Dang, I was going to ask you a question. Well, there it no, goes. I forgot it. No, yeah, out into the oblivion. <laughs> yeah, out into, uh, there it goes. Mentally I remember, uh, yeah, Spurs always having a problem breaking down teams that sat in against them. It's always frustrating to like watch an entire game where you just like you can't get the right incisive pass to get a shot off. It's very frustrating to watch. But six points after uh, three games, I feel like maybe you would have taken that before the season started. Although maybe seven points would have been. A little better, but it's it's a learning experience, I think, for them, um, especially to Zerby. Like, I mean, he's not a he's not a dummy. He's going to figure out how to how to uh, game plan against teams that are going to do this because I guess words out now. This is how you beat Brighton. Um, one thing that did get overshadowed by the the ass whipping was uh, Pascal Gross became the the club's all time leader, uh, goal scoring leader in the Premier League. I believe it's 28 goals now. So hmm. good on you, Pascal Gross. Dude's been a dude's been a uh, a really good player for the club. I, I like that guy. The only thing gross about him is the, the way he spells his name. <laughs> Grob. German, Grob. Right? Like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Um, so Villa, you want to jump to them next? Uh, Jake, any final thoughts about Brighton that you're reading down in your list before we do that? Um, we got to face Newcastle this Saturday and that's not fun because they're coming off. What is a two game losing streak now? So I'm sure they're pissed. Mm. Well, I mean, do you, have a uh, cup? Huh? Sorry, Jim. do you have a Carabao cup uh, game this week? Um, I don't think so. Talk I was looking to pull them tomorrow. Really? Yeah. 245. No, we don't play. We don't even have a cup game scheduled for a while. So I guess they got to get through another round. Hmm. Well, if it's uh, based on where you finished uh, last year, right? So, um, you guys so that's why we're starting so far back because we stink. We did last year. Yeah. 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 Maybe this year is our year. All right, Jimmy. Villa right. beat Brighton behind Maddie Cash Brace, which uh, was – Beat Burnley. Burnley, Burnley. Yeah, sorry, you, well, sorry. you guys, you guys right, really Burnley. wanted us to be. You guys really wanted us to have played this past weekend. Right? I can't yeah. wait for the uh, Jimmy Jake Darby. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, shout out Darby and uh, Dan Vaughn because I like saying it Darby, and I'm just going to say it uh, that way because that's how you say it. That's how I, people say it. Darby, Darby's like the word moist. Oh, you don't like Darby? Nah, Derby. I can't say <laughs> Darby. It's a Darby. Um, Derby to Zerby. <laughs> no. Yeah, uh, I, I am also looking forward to Villa versus Brighton because 
you talk about uh, as frustrating as it was for West Ham to play Brighton. Now you're talking about like uh, Brighton playing Villa and two teams that are very much high pressing, like ball possession. Like I think it's going to be chaos. So I'm looking forward to that game. Um, but no, you know, we played Burnley over the weekend. Um, yeah, Matty Cash, um, brace in the first half. Uh, uh, both go like the first goal he scored, um, you know, commitment to the club. He sold out to get to that ball. Uh, luckily, he didn't catch the post too hard. Um, Ollie Watkins, you know, continues to look really good. And you see, um, you see how interchangeable this squad is that way, you know, our ability to push up. So that was, that was a good goal. Um, second goal again, you know, working up that right side, uh, a little, um, in and out with, uh, Diaby coming to the outside and just playing right back inside to him. Good finish. Um, great first half, second half, uh, is the goal from for Diaby? Super happy for him. Um, you know, they put one on you guys early, right? So then it was kind yeah, of a, yeah. a little more pressure. Yeah, and it was a good, like hats off to them. It was a, it was a really good goal. Um, it bounced in. Uh, Torres uh, kind of overplayed the guy a little bit, and he was just able to you know body him and turn and just hit a one timer. You know, Olsen got a hand on it, um, but uh, a good goal for them. Um, but they, they weren't really threatening a whole lot. I mean, they, they, they have their opportunities. I think this isn't, you know, this isn't public burn, Burnley like we saw when they went down with Sean Dyche. Um, you know, this is uh, companies that have been playing, you know, aggressive, um, pressing football. Uh, I think they played really well. It's going to take a little bit of time. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to stay up this year or not. But, um, yeah, and then there was 2-1, and then, not long after that, Diaby got a third, uh, scored our third. Um, great little ball in one time, hit from the top of the box, expertly placed in the bottom corner. Um, he is incredibly threatening, right? A goal and an assist. Um, comprehensively, you know, not a lot to worry about there coming out of that. Nobody, nobody really got injured. We got the win on the road. Um, yeah, I mean, there's. I don't think we learned a whole lot from that other than we were able to, you know, we rotated some guys in, um, you know, Duran got a run again. Um, we did get to see, uh, Aaron Ramsey, who we just sold to Burnley came on, didn't really do much for them, but like, I'm sure that was weird for him. He was just training with Villa a couple of days before that. So, um, uh, I hope he does well for them, but yeah, it, it's, it's the games that I expect to win. And, you know, I, I'm happy, you know, two wins and a loss, um, especially in response to after getting, you know, pretty, pretty pummeled by Newcastle on um, the first game. Uh, we beat the teams we were supposed to beat the last two weeks with beating Everton, beating Burnley. And those teams look like they're going to be in the relegation heap uh, as we come to the end of the season. But still early. Uh, it's still, it's still incredibly early. Oh, really? I am. I, I'm uh, I, I'm glad that we got out of there. We're healthy. I'm glad that the window is almost closed, um, and I like the transfer window is almost closed. And I'm I'm excited to see how we look against a very very good retooled Liverpool. Um, you know, uh, that yeah, they look scary like, again. All of a sudden, uh, yeah, ten men we'll, coming back to beat beat Newcastle on the road. Yeah, so was yeah. He looks real deal. McAllister um, is playing really well out of position. Nunez, you know, two at, great goals, two great finishes. Oh, they had they had two shots the entire game, and he 
he, he took them expertly, like both those yeah. finishes. The first strike was with sex. The second one, perfectly placed under pressure. It's almost an like, identical shot, just a little bit further back in the goal. Like, pl- like placement in the goal-wise, the first one was a better strike, but the second one still beat the keeper to his right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. He Great did exactly goal. what he needed to do. Yeah, so – um, they are they're dangerous. Um, luckily, we all, we don't want to face Van Dyke. Uh, I guess like if that's like if we have a silver lining coming out of that Newcastle game, but it'll be a good litmus test to see where we're at. Especially, I believe, yeah, I think we're at yeah we're at at Anfield too. So um, a big one. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm excited again. You know, uh, a little obviously a little disappointed, but you know, not throwing the baby out with the bathwater after the Newcastle game. Um, you know, I. Uh, not throwing the cautiously, baby out cautiously with, the baby water. <laughs> with the bath butter. It's quite the analogy there. What does Never that heard mean? that one? Is that just a Midwest euphemism? What does it mean? What does it mean? Throw the baby out with the bath water? Good yeah, Lord. you don't throw the baby out with the bath water. Like, Must be, uh... <laughs> yeah, anyway. Well, welcome, sorry. welcome to Michigan. <laughs> All right. Um, any final thoughts? Sorry to interrupt you there. I felt like you were saying something else. <laughs> no, that's uh, listen. The one of the five people that listen to this show will have heard that that uh, that expression before. So uh, I, I I'm not crazy. That one's uh, that one's a real one. You look it up later. Look it up it's kind of funny when we start dropping regular episodes. We do get a group of people that uh, yeah. thank you that do tune in here. Jake, read that out loud. Uh, throw the baby out with the bathwater. Discard something valuable along with other things that are inessential or undesirable. It's still so <laughs> random. <laughs> it's not uh, random. Weird East Coast person. I can only imagine some of the weird shit that comes out. out of oh, yeah. I mean, Coast. my mom talks straight up Brooklyn Jerseyite. My, uh, <laughs> yeah, the hills where the Italians live. My my wife can't do, like, the euphemisms for anything. Like, she does, like, what was one she did? uh it's going down like Donkey Kong. <laughs> and then another one was like, uh, why don't you make like a tree and fuck off or something like that? <laughs> that's a goal. That's, that one's awesome. <laughs> I really enjoyed that one. <laughs> we'll have to steal that. Is, that. Uh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I'm, I'm, I would say like, uh, I'm excited for, for Sunday. Um, unfortunately, with uh, being holiday weekend, um, I won't get a chance to. Uh, Bug Helder and uh, watching the game with me. Um, I actually may see him the day before though, so we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it. Nice, yeah. Shout out Helder because I know he's listening. He always he's he listens to every one of these. So shout out Helder. Yeah. All right, so we got to. Uh, I'm a happy Tottenham fan now. This is a feeling that I haven't felt before. Well, maybe not in a while. I haven't felt joy in a while watching watching the squad. So. Yeah, just to see the way that the the ball is moving up the field, and James uh, James Madison put one in the seventeenth minute off of a Basuma kind of did like a just a gorgeous turn, and then passed the ball to um, to Sar, and Sar kind of like let it go to his left foot an extra second, and then just put a beautiful through ball into Madison, and Madison finished it in the left corner. I feel like I just never saw, I haven't seen that kind of goal creation from us in a while. And, um, yeah, so it was very nice to see. And just the way that the team is coming together after the hurricane sales, uh, it's encouraging. So, yeah, we're only three games in, so I don't want to get ahead of myself. Uh, ahead of myself with, you know, we got seven points. We're in a great place on the table. But 
Um, yeah, I don't want to get ahead of myself because I don't want to get burned again. Earlier, yeah. the last podcast, we talked about Champions League being kind of the the goals. Then, in my mind, like they're in great shape for that so far. Um, so that's kind of where my head is at with Tottenham. The second goal, if you recall, I called out Kulisevsky on the last pod and said he has to do some shit. This man scored a goal. It was a beautiful goal. I, I forget the number, but he it was like a ridiculous amount of matches between club and country that he hadn't had a, a goal. It was like high 20s, yeah. maybe even in the 30s. So to see him get on the, on the score sheet um, off of a Udogi pass, which was ridiculous. Udogi looks phenomenal. Left back of the future, left back for now. Uh, Ange Postacoglu. I mean, what can you say? Everybody loves Ange right now. No one's got a negative thing to say about the, about the man. Um, it was also interesting to see Hoybier make a little bit of an appearance there. Uh, I feel like he's gone, but maybe he'll, he, he could be a good squad player still. And, and sit behind some of those guys coming late in the game and protect the back line a bit. It, hasn't he come in as a substitute all three games so far? I know it's at least two. It could be three. Yeah. I forget. I, uh, I, I, did you see the comments he made, um, either after the match or, earlier today i can't remember when it was Um, basically like the they were asked about like you know sales like um and well it started specifically that they asked about uh tangy and down below um then he said yeah yeah, he's on the he said something along the lines of he's like he's on the boat with uh some other guys you know there's some people that were um that are probably looking to move on he's probably in the same boat with a you know five or six other guys um, and then, but he mentioned, he's like, you know, the midfielder now, you know, you, you, um, uh, I'm trying to like, this is a rough quote. Um, he said, you know, see our midfielder now we're, we're pretty settled, um, you know, with, uh, with who we have out there. And then, you know, uh, players like, uh, Hoybjerg and, uh, Skippy and, and, um, also are all training very well, which makes me think like, to say that I don't think that Hoiberg is one of the five or six guys he's talking about as far as moving on. I have yeah. I would imagine that he's going to stay with the team. Like, yeah, probably looking obviously in Dombele moving on. It sounds like Spence might go on loan. Definitely. Um, uh, I know they've been trying to get rid of uh, not rid of, but like you know move on Red uh, Regulon. Um, yeah, for yeah, they've been trying to do that for a while. Yeah, I, I've just, always liked uh, Reggian. I don't understand why he didn't get a little bit longer of a run out with the squad, but now we have Udogi in there. Although, I mean, the biggest change for Tottenham right now is that Romero and uh, Van de Ven are, they have shored up the back line for the first time in forever. Like, you know, we, we've been trotting out Dyer and Davies and just a uh, Langley and yeah, just a makeshift back line for, for so long to finally have like a solid young core <laughs> makes a big difference. I, I, I did want to say, and like, I'm, I'm not trying to make a mountain out of a molehill, but uh, you like towards the end of the second half, like I started to see some real, some real frustrated moments for Sonny. Like there was some opportunities where like he'd like built himself some space and, so I can't remember specifically. I think it's Madison. It was I think I saw the pass. He went up the right yeah. side and missed Sonny in the middle, and then Sun. Yeah. And I've I've never like, and, I, and maybe he's just feeling it because I know he's like in a moment where it's been like a, a period of time that he hasn't scored and um, all that sort of stuff. But like, I hadn't seen that sort of outward 
frustration. And maybe it's just because he's a veteran and he's like, you know, pushing on people like, Hey, you know, like, you know, like these are opportunities that we're missing, even if we're winning right now, like, like to close it out. But like, it, it seemed like, I don't think it's going to cause any tension. You know, I think Sonny is professional enough to move on, but it was the first time I've seen him that frustrated and he played really well. Um, he had, you know, he, he made that one, two with Udogi on the second yeah. goal that led to the Kolesowski yep. goal. Um, so, I mean, he's, he's playing well, but I think he's, I think he's feeling it a little bit. I think he's feeling the, the, the tension, if you will. Yeah. I mean, I think emotionally, if you think about Harry Kane moving on Sonny as a person, that's gotta be very tough for him because he signed a long-term deal, you know, last year probably had some ridiculous offers like after their golden boot season specifically and could have moved on. So I think individually it's got, it's gotta be weird for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, what happened there? I think you see it with strikers and goal scorers all the time though. And elsewhere in the premier league, like if someone misses Salah on a pass, he throws his hands up and whines like a little bitch. So uh, yeah, people just do that <laughs> and uh, yeah, team moves on. So, well, I think, I think you could, I think you get away with it, right? If you've built up the credibility that allows you to, and right? That's, that's kind of Demand like, a pass in is, a dangerous area. He he is the guy, right? Like now for that team. So like for him, like I don't know how much of it you thought might be him like pouting or him just being like, you know, like He's we frustrated gotta, like, shit, man. He went from yeah. golden boot to I think maybe he maybe had two goals last year, something like ridiculously low he, the man's frustrated as shit he needs some goals he needs something to go his way and honestly we need some goals out of him come on sonny next game he'll do it as long put as your money on it actually get out your get out your little well, fan duel app and put a <laughs> put a bet on well, sonny any anytime goal well speaking uh you know i we just talked about villa a second ago coming off a pretty comprehensive win against burnley that's who you guys have this weekend um well, are, first, uh, like we like us, about. like us, we're also also visiting Burnley, um, or visiting Turf Moor. You, you think have, you guys have a midweek game? We do. We have a Carabao Cup game against Fulham away. So that's like, especially in this early of a round, that's a hard that's a hard matchup. Uh, you uh, do you expect a lot of rotation? Like, I mean, I, you guys, I think you guys are day. deep. I don't think you guys are city deep, but I think you guys are deep. Like, yeah, there's got to be some rotation, right? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, they they do have enough uh, bench wise to fill a squad, but some of those players are going to definitely be playing Tuesday and then again on the weekend. You, you'd have to think like, I mean, they they want to take this competition seriously. They have no Europe or anything, so maybe there's yeah. not going to be that much rotation. Like maybe well, they do throw out that same starting lineup. It is. It is like you know. You can't be cognizant of the fact. That I don't know. I mean, I know, you guys, I know you guys have lots of talented guys that play internationally, but after Sunday, we are going to the international break for uh, for two weeks. So there will be some, mm-hmm. maybe some some of those guys an opportunity to rest. Like, I mean, uh, already. You talk about midweek. Yeah, it, it comes around. Yeah. Talk about midweek games. Bill has got the return leg at home against Hibernian on Thursday. Um, I like especially with a five zero lead. Um, in the first leg, I expect like a very heavily rotated Villa squad. I would love to see what guys haven't really featured as far as substitutions you yet. You think Duran's um, going to be uh, starting? 
Probably, right? I, w- I would assume so. And like, like I said in the last episode, like Durant's going to have to pick his spots and really like excel because as long as Watkins is healthy, Ollie's going to want to play almost every game. Like I think that he – He got – He got – oh, Ollie's only, what, 26, 27? Like he's not that old either, but he's like in his prime and he's so fit. And I think he really wants to score a lot of goals this year. He got like the taste of goal scoring in the second half last year, and he'd like to keep yeah. that going. But like also, yeah. you know, with a 5-0 second leg and we're playing in three days at Anfield, I I would imagine we have a very heavily rotated squad on Thursday. Unless Hibernian puts like two in, yeah, they'll keep the they'll keep the youngsters yeah. on the pitch. How uh sure. how do they do the seeding for this EFL for the Carabao Cup? Because you finished higher than Chelsea, Wolves, and Everton last season. Everton gets Doncaster, Chelsea gets Wimbledon. And Wolves gets Blackpool. I think it's and a random you, draw, right? Like I don't. I I assume I have no. I, I've never you know, saw how the sausage uh, was made. Yeah, that's rough, man. You guys got Fulham. Yeah, that's awful. That would be such a big blow to the uh, early Ainge era if they lose this game. Then you're out of a cup competition. Already. Are you, really, are you honestly scared? Like, I mean, no disrespect to Fulham. Um, no, uh, are you going, yeah. But if you're telling me, like, would you rather play Gillingham, Gillingham, or uh, Fulham? I'd say in this round, I'd rather play Gillingham. Play play Wrexham, and then everybody in America would hate you if you beat them. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I'd love to. actually. I've got a soft spot for Wrexham. I've never watched the documentary, but I see someone. ESPN Plus, I see their game sometimes, and I'm always rooting for them. Wrecks them. Oh, sure. Damn near killed them. <laughs> nice. Um, All right. I uh, I did want to – like I, I don't know where you guys want to take this, but I did float an idea, and Jake said he was in. Mike hasn't responded to either that thread or the other thread where I texted Tyndall about it. Um, but we are in, a, in, a, in an era where betting is uh, – prevalent and that's part of it and i know i'm not the betting guy so that's why i put it to you guys for this um i'd like to if you guys are up for it create like a little three game or whatever you guys want to deal with like a little pod parlay pod um, parlay yeah like and then that. jake just uh to peek behind the curtains um or uh, me and mike and brad's little group chat i also put it out to brad because he was originally you know on the pod with us um and with um, you know, life and a new baby and a new house, uh, you know, it just hasn't worked for him, but I still wanted to bring him in a little bit. So, um, what I proposed to you guys was to do the pod parlay. And then, um, this was kind of last minute this week, but, um, going forward also having uh Brad Tyndall Memorial stone cold lock pick of the week. Um, <laughs> yep. uh, uh, Brad is very much alive for anyone listening. He's, he's fine. He's just, <laughs> Uh, the memorial thing was more of a tongue-in-cheek. So uh, we won't have a Brad Tyndall Stone Cold Lock memorial pick this week, but are you guys comfortable creating if you just want to – even if you guys want to talk it out with each other, creating oh, yeah. a little, like, little parlay right now? Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, I got it pulled up right now. We have uh, Lutton at home versus West Ham. Lutton's a plus 350. 
ties plus 270 and uh west ham away minus 130 to win like are they are they actually going to play at at luton yep. stadium yep at kenilworth road the the gate that goes underneath someone's house or goes between houses uh yeah. awesome i'm actually interested to That's see awesome. like uh parlay aside i'm actually interested to see what the the camera line is like so like uh i watched the bournemouth game last week you know at bournemouth and that's a very small stadium as well the sight lines are so weird because it's so low mm-hmm. and so like yeah it's like super like deep angles i imagine awful. it's yeah. gonna be a lot like that yeah 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 i was not pleased with the uh, camera angle in the, the tottenham <laughs> game it felt like i was watching gold star bobcats oh no <laughs> the worst man. camera angle i've ever seen in soccer i just ever. got over my vertigo from that match jimmy did you watch any of that game they were using a of a handheld to film this game no they yeah, were streaming awful. on a handheld for, for fifa.com they're using a handheld no this was on youtube thank god because i hate fifa.com oh actually but. you know i watched the fifa i watched the fifa stream it was good for uh-huh. me quality wise but it's still like yeah. so low like you know you're at that you're a foot above the players heads you could you could barely see anything like these <laughs> these guys are owned by the catholic church and they can't afford a tripod like come on all the lawsuits are uh, catching up yeah i guess so <laughs> all right Spotlight. um so then we got sheffield so you're writing these odds down jake so you can pick oh hang on let me uh actually i got west ham in that game at minus 130 might as well just oh say absolutely the um yeah. Yeah, it, it has to be West Ham. Yeah, so Sheffield United at home versus Everton. The way Everton's playing, I think Sheffield's not a bad pick there at plus 210 or a tie at, for plus 210. Sheffield, too. Yeah. The, Sheffield, Sheffield they just play City, City tough. Sheffield's the dog in that? Sheffield, Sheffield's the dog in that, yeah. Oh, give me give me that. Actually, I'm going to – we'll talk about that offline. All right. Well, actually, yeah, in the betting app <laughs> – in my betting app right now, it's only your $38.68. So part of being on this podcast is the pod parlay. We're going to use your funds to uh, to place a bet down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got City minus 700. That's got to be a part of a parlay against Fulham at home. Even though Are you guys seven. about to create like a full weekend parlay? I, like, I thought you'd do something like, oh, you know, here's – Here's our well, three team or four team. Like you guys do whatever well, you can, want. Just, yeah. Well, I mean, if I can max out odds on on a three game, that's what I would do. But what what is City minus what? I feel like to talk it out. I mean, yeah. I, okay. I, I, I don't have the I'm betting not app. Up toes. I don't know how this shit works. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't have the betting app on him, so he can't see the odds very easily. So I have to go through all the games for us to pick our parlay. I'm sorry. We're almost there. I think it's a decent no, way I'm, to talk I'm, about I'm, the I'm not upset about it. I'm just yeah. All right, all right. All right. So then, uh, yeah. So Man City's minus seven hundred at home. Fulham's plus fifteen hundred, which is an insane line, but you can never pick them. And then to ties plus eight hundred. Uh, Brentford minus one fifty five at home against Burnmouth, which is a weird matchup. Burnmouth's actually plus four hundred, which might not be a bad uh, dog pick. They're at home. Brentford's at home. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said Brighton. I apologize. No, no. Brentford, uh, Burnmouth. Who do you got in that one, uh, Jimmy? Brentmouth, Brentford, Burnmouth at home. Oh, Brentford. Easily? Easily. Easily. Okay. That, let's make that part of our parlay uh, pick right there. Definitely that one. Jake, any qualms of that? Um, I just got my odds up for Brentford, Bournemouth. 
where did we say it was? Brentford? At, it's at yeah. Brentford. Brentford. Yep. And is yours one minus 155? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Brentford on okay. that. Chelsea, Nottingham Forest. Chelsea's minus 260 at home. Nottingham Forest is plus 700 to win. Forest I want pretty... no part of that. Yeah, me neither. I want no part of that. Me neither. Yeah. I hate Chelsea. I, I, I hate Chelsea more than anything in the world. Top, starting with starting at the top. Yeah, they they stink. Yeah, no betting on Chelsea. I think oh. is kind of a rule for the uh, for the pod. I was gonna say something but I, that'll that'll go into my rant. All right. I hate Chelsea more than anything in the world. Lots of terrible things out there, but but Mike, no, no, Chelsea's number one. Chelsea's number <laughs> one in my life ever. Yeah. Oh god. All right, Burnmouth. I uh, know Burnley, Tottenham. Uh, Tottenham's minus one fifteen. Burnley's two, uh, the dog at plus 290. Can we agree that Tottenham will smoke them? Spurs uh, will definitely win. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So right now our parlay is uh, Brentford and Tottenham. We need a third. Brighton, Newcastle. I'm not going to do it, Jake. You can't do it. But they're about even. Even money. Uh, plus 150 to Brighton at home and then plus 155 to Newcastle away. I I would I would put Sheffield on that. Sheffield over Everton at plus two twenty five. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess that's yeah. a good uh, plus two ten is what oh, I have okay. in the app here. But yeah, I like that. That, so, yeah. that that does well for our odds. All right, so that's the uh, that's the parlay of the week: Brentford, Tottenham, Sheffield. Brentfield, yeah, Brentford, Tottenham, Sheffield. All right, let me uh, plug it in. You guys talk for a second. Yeah, Brent. you plug it in, and also you got to tweet it out too. But um, I mean, that's uh, so like I mean, you guys talked about the odds. We don't have to, you know, uh, twist on it anymore. Uh, betting wise, but on Sunday, because Crystal, Crystal Palace um, is home against Wolves. Um, Villa travels to Liverpool, and uh, probably the most high profile game of the weekend. Uh, Man United travels to London to play Arsenal uh, at the Emirates. So that'll be a fun one. Yep. So uh, these odds on our picks here are plus 853. So $5 bet wins you 42.65. Should we lock that in for you, Jake, today uh, before it's too late? Again, to, to, to go back to our Levitard fandom, this is for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yes, yeah, lock that, lock that in. All right, five bucks. Here you go, Jake. Good luck. <laughs> All right. Um, or I just wanted to run through some early relegation candidates who, and then, uh, we'll go into rants after that, but who do you guys think in the early going here are most likely to go down? What? Yeah. <laughs> it's so sad. And then Everton, Everton is bad. Everton is like, is, it's like one A one B for me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and and I I like that hurts. Like I don't know why I have a soft spot for Everton, but like just probably because they've been in the Premier League since I started watching. Um, and you know they are a a historic club, um, but they, like their ownership is uh, they got all sorts of weird shit going on. And I saw that you know they they had an investor that dropped out and they're still trying to figure out how to pay for that new stadium that they want to build in Liverpool. And they, they seem, they just seem a mess. I don't think they're going to be able to figure it out. That's, 
that's got to be such like a weird feeling like like living in i mean i understand everton has had their success in the past but it's like like you're living in the shadow of of liverpool like on a on a lesser scale it's like levante being in valencia with valencia (laughs) right do you know do you know what you do to get out of that shadow what's that Abu Dhabi buys you, and then you buy a bunch of players, and then you win the Premier League like five of the last six years. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, the perfect example, City and yeah. United. City and United, yeah. Uh, and the, the, the crazy thing is, is for as successful as City is, they still, like as far as like, if you're measuring it in a business sense, which is how America works, um, United is still dominating the fuck out of them worldwide as far as like business and, and that sort of aspect of popularity. It's not even it's not even close. Is it still um, not even close? Because I walk around Maryland here and I only see Holland jerseys on children. That's the well, only that's, jersey I ever see. He's he's like the big name, but in, in terms of fandom, like those from what I understand, the the fans in Manchester still look down on city fans. It's like, oh, you guys are oh, the, yeah. They it should. doesn't matter what you do, oh. you're still our little brother. And shout out no, to this the noisy neighbors from uh, DC Red Devils named Sam. He's just the biggest asshole in the whole world. If anyone tries to start a Manchester United supporters group within 50 miles of Washington, DC, he tracks you down on Facebook and he berates you and tells you that it's the only supporters group allowed in the entire DC, Maryland, and Virginia area. He is such a fucker, and I hate him. I hate him. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's. I don't know why I went into that, but this, he's, he's, he messages me. He messages me on Instagram to like not show Manchester United games at this brewery. I'm just like, you can't do that. Like you're I, left, also, you're not, you're not even miles away. away. You're not even doing it as a United supporter. You're doing it as a Spurs supporter. So like, <laughs> I want to just start a man, a Moco Red Devils supporters groups just to spite this human being i hate him so much and the, i used uh, to play soccer don't give, with them any, don't, don't give them anything else like i won't i mean i blocked him on everything like 10 years ago i played on a co-ed soccer team with this guy with sam and we were like kind of friendly and would chat you know on uh, instagram and facebook messenger all the time and then that's the only reason he knew i was playing manchester united games like or else he wouldn't have known because it's 30 miles away but yeah, he's a gatekeeping weirdo, and uh, yeah, don't appreciate him. America is full of fucking gatekeeping weirdos. I yeah, don't man. under i I don't understand for the life of me. Like, it's want to own it. Like, no, man. Whoever wants to watch, man, come on, let's watch. Like, let's. I don't yeah. care who you're a fan of. Like, yeah, yeah. Watch it with other soccer fans. That's uh, it's important. Anyway, I don't know why I went right into that. I'm sure I interrupted <laughs> you, Jimmy, but it's time to uh, wrap shit up here. Unlike Indeed. you guys, who went an hour, 30 minutes. God bless you. Yeah. <laughs> it was oh, gold, that though. Was, I enjoyed you know what? The that, 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 yeah, that happens, though, when uh, when Jimmy's been drinking more than I should have. Yeah, it's okay. All right, final thoughts. Jake? All right, so um, as beca- as has become – Tradition lately, um, Brighton lost, and uh, the Chelsea fans showed up in the the Twitter mentions, um, make try to make fun of us, saying uh, the one thing I don't know what is the war wara thing w a r r a is that like some sort of saying or something? I keep seeing wara trophy, and I just wanted to let everyone know 
Uh, Brighton has won League One twice. League One trophy, no big deal. They won League Two one time. And they also won the Community Shield in 1910, 1911. So, you know, suck it. Um, uh, Also, um, I've been seeing a lot of stuff. Again, um, the listening to Levitard kind of inspired this today was... uh, or maybe it was caught offside. I can't remember, but they're talking about like, like, Oh, like Messi being here is good for America. Messi being here is fun and I have enjoyed it, but Messi being here is good for MLS. It's not good for football in the United States because everyone keeps talking about like, Oh, this league's going to grow. This league's going to grow this league, these subscriptions, the, the followers on social media, the hits on YouTube, they are based on him. Like you can't have a league that has a player that is bigger than it. Kane was the best goal scorer in the Premier League while he was there. He's gone. The league is still continuing. Salah could go to Saudi Arabia. The league is still going to continue. Are Americans going to be interested in MLS when Messi leaves or retires? I, I don't think that's the case. Um, the way that we build up football here in this country is you create local teams and through promotion relegation, your team is able to expand or fall off. If your team can't survive, your team can't survive. But you're looking at what's going on in San Diego where teams are just going to start rolling over if MLS wants their area. And it, it's just – it's disgusting and I don't like it. And MLS does not make us a better footballing nation. It makes a bunch of NFL assholes a lot more money. You know, if we ever make money off this podcast, I'm going to fly around the country to stand with a poster and a megaphone outside of MLS matches and start proselytizing to the masses. <laughs> Come watch Nisa. <laughs> I would uh, two, uh, two, two thoughts on that. First, uh, according to the Internet, Urban Dictionary says Wara is the ability to show your dominance and pure power to control any scenario you find yourself within. So uh, that's one uh, like so, if, if if that's referring to Brighton showing their dominance uh, over Chelsea with the whole Casado incident, or um, being mainly used in football, uh, Wara is what a uh, what a I don't know. That's what uh, told me. So um, the other thing being that uh, I think the thing that bugs me most about MLS, probably because it bugs me most about like American sports, is they they love to. Uh, thrive on parody, right? Like, so like FC Cincinnati was a joke largely for like a number of years, and now they're the best team in MLS right now. Mm-hmm. Um, parody, like, no, like, like you're not creating, you're not recreating like authentic, you're not, you're not creating authentic fandom. Like, and that's the thing. Like, people might sit here and tell you that, but it's such a small population that actually is going to follow. But largely, especially with soccer, people are going to lose interest if there's not dominant clubs. Um, so that's just my, my two cents on MLS. And I like, I don't like, I love soccer and I respect the fuck out of Messi, but I just don't care. Like, I'm not going to watch MLS. Like it's, it's not good product. Like it's, it's just bad product. It's uh it's a cash grab and it's icky and I don't like it. Um, the supporters but I'm, not, are I'm, also, I'm also not going to, I'm also not going to slam anybody. If somebody comes to somebody like, yeah, like the only league I watch is MLS. Like, cool, man. Like, I'm glad you enjoy it. Like, like do you? Like, that's fine. Like, if that's if that's what your jam is, like, by all means, go for it. Like, I'd imagine that 
like I maybe would feel differently if I was like anywhere near a market that was MLS, like, cause then you can at least go, but like, I, it's for me, it's not for me. So, yeah. um, well, for me, it's not for me. That's the thing. Me, it's like it's support, not support, support your local club, obviously. But like, if I'm, if I'm from El Paso, I'm not going to support Austin eight hours away. I'm going to go support locomotive in my backyard essentially. And then same thing like growing, like you could put it into terms of American football. Like I grew up in Emerald Island, North Carolina, uh, like four or five hours away from Charlotte. I went to two, I grew up a huge Carolina Panthers fan. I went to maybe one or two games. I can't remember ever mm-hmm. at that stadium. It just, it doesn't work like that. You need local clubs and MLS is doing everything they can to either absorb them as minor league squads or just destroy them. Like in the case of San Diego. Well, it's, 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 it's a giant country. Like, that's the other thing. Like, it's like, you talk about England, I can mm-hmm. jump on the train. I, I can live in London and I can jump on the train and be in Newcastle in the afternoon to watch the game. You know, like it's, it's a, it's a journey, right? It's, it's all at the top of the country, but still like it's, it's feasible. Like, and I jump back on the train afterwards and go home. Like it's a long day. Sure. But it's, it's feasible. I, I cannot, like if I, I live in Michigan I can't even come like I can't be like, hey Jake, uh, El Paso plays this evening. Uh, jumping on uh, an airplane right now, like it doesn't <laughs> work that way, you know. Like, um, and so that's also difficult. Um, so yeah, I mean, it can be regionalized and you can support it regionally. Um, I think it's difficult when you're when the country is that big too. So. Um, All right. Yeah, my turn. I'm just going to shout out the Bobcats on their win against Gold Star because they needed a win. And uh, getting back in the that side of the uh, the, the column, the uh, table, and uh, being closer to a playoff spot is is quite excellent. So, vamos, Bobcats. Let's go. Hashtag for all. Yes, I believe.